interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Good Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Stu Kearns, your host. Glad to have you along. Uh, summer is rapidly coming upon us. I, you know, when school ends, I think that kind of is summer. And so uh, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's whatever your summer plans are. Well, here we are in uh, Memorial Day weekend. I think that actually is the official beginning of summer. So we're going to call today the beginning of your summer here with a Friendly Fire Saturday. Uh, I am going to kick off my summer in a very unique way. I'm going to have uh, one of my favorite people and uh, all-time favorite guests in the studio with me today. And as a special bonus, <laughs> I'm going to have him take over the program for the next three weeks. Yes, that is uh, the voice of the other microphone of Dan Alberts. How you doing, Dan? Uh, good morning, Stu. Love to be with you. Love to have the chance to... You know what I'm going to do is I think I'm going to bring on students that I had... Uh, had the experience of being with the last two years in Omaha. These really unique people mm-hmm. that I got to meet. And when you're with them every day for two years, you find out a lot of things. And some of them just yeah. stunned me with their backgrounds. So yeah. I hope people will really enjoy it. I think in two cases, their parents are going to be with them. So oh. sort of talk about one, one, one student who's a junior has had 31 surgeries and has got nine more scheduled wow. because of things at his birth mm. that... So think of that. Mm. I had my tonsils out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was kind of a sickly child, so I, oh, yeah. but nothing wow. like that. Though. Okay. You, you were sickly, really? I didn't yeah. know that. I uh, I I was in and out of the hospital on more than one occasion. Are you still sickly? Uh, I'd like to think not, but I take a lot of pills every day, so my doctor would probably say, eh, duct tape and bailing wire is going to hold this guy together. But uh, you're a farm boy. You know about I, that. I know all about bailing any, wire. My dad said it, if you had it, added a hammer, you could fix anything. A, a hammer, duct tape, and bailing wire. And pliers. And pliers. Right. That's you have it. to carry the pliers with you. Well, in the back pocket. That's good. That's See, that's, that's the kind of – I'm not a farm boy, but I pretend to be a farm boy. Well, if you had your overalls, there was a pocket for your pliers <laughs> yeah. and then a place for your hammer. There was a little round loop, yeah, loop. where you could put your hammer. I but even... if you carried a hammer and a pliers, it was sort of heavy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you wouldn't want to carry them on the same side. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. The, oh, well, by the way, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about a variety of things. But then the big thing we're going to talk about, I'll get to in just a minute. We're going to talk about freedom of speech because it's a passion of, of both of ours. But before we get to that... Okay. Um, so two years at Omaha Central, yes. and then what's the plan for next fall? Well, next fall, okay, so I went to Omaha Central because my daughter Molly teaches there, and I got to be with her for two years. Mm-hmm. But on the other, but the flip side of that was it's a 55-mile drive every day. I, I did come home almost all but about three nights every day for 360 days. And even though I would, the two-hour drive every day wasn't huge to me, over 360 days, it's, it seems to me like it's got a little long. And uh, so I'm going to go to Lincoln High, which is, and the reason is because the building's the same year built as Central, (laughs) Omaha Central. So I like old buildings, and I like buildings that got lots of stairs. Yeah. And I hope I'm on the fourth floor there so I can climb up eight flights of stairs every day to get to my room. Because I won't take the elevator. I don't care if I get old. I care if I take the elevator. So I'm not doing it. I I don't care if I have to crawl up backwards on my butt. That's how you stay young. (laughs) That's right. But I'm going to go Lincoln High. I'm looking forward to it. I get a diverse set of classes to teach. You know, if you're willing to work with a certain group of kids, Mm -hmm. 
And uh, <laughs> you'll always find work. Uh, you can always find work. <laughs> yeah. And I love that group that's uh, yeah. maybe doesn't doesn't think much of school. Mm-hmm. No, I I'm not sure I would think much of school if I was in their shoes either. Certainly, if I had a phone to compete with. See, if I had mm-hmm. a phone. Mm-hmm. And I saw he could say, could I listen to that dull guy that's six foot two is old talking about math <laughs> equations? Or could I look at the game on my phone that has high yeah. stimulus? If I had those two choices uh-huh. and I was in that student's shoes, yeah. I think I'd pick the phone. Well, you know. And I could, I yelled at him. They're doing good. <laughs> I said, look, I'm more interesting the phone. And they'd say, no, you're not. <laughs> so, uh, uh, what what is it that made you decide I I want even more uh, abuse in this role? It's not abuse, you know, and I want to make sure I don't. <laughs> that's a common word. Uh, that was my I word, like not teaching yours. My, this year. My word, not yours. And my I love these kids I work with, and I I'm, I actually get tired of hearing people say, "Oh my God, the year's finally over." Yeah. Yesterday was the last day I was, or Thursday or Wednesday was the last day I was with students and. Now, I was sad and tired, but it's because I I really have mixed emotions. I'm going to miss them all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like my job. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, and I got to tell you, the other thing is, and Molly tells me this all the time, it's 180 days. It's not 240 days. Mm-hmm. I got the next two months where I don't have to do anything with school. Yep. That's sort of rare in the occupation world. Yep. Okay. Uh, I went and got there at 7, and I left a little after 3, and I tutored after school. So the day wasn't, you know, I had an hour for lunch. and yep. Okay. I Okay. So I don't think it's I, – I I didn't find it like you hear it a lot. And, in fact, yeah. I, I sort of avoid people that keep telling me, how, oh, thank God the year's over. Mm. Because for me, there are a lot of good friends there that were my students. Yeah. And uh, Roy Baker, my first superintendent, told me, look, you know how you're going to get kids to listen to you? they got to like you. Mm. Don't forget it. It's, it's just a false thing to think that they shouldn't like you because if they don't have a relationship with you, they're certainly not going to do mm. a math problem for you. And I was a principal of a school, and thank God most of the kids like me because if they had all decided to run out the door, what was I going to do, stand in their way? <laughs> <laughs> when it really comes down to it, there's not a whole lot of options, are there? No, no. Yeah. You say, look, I need you to come back in the building or I need you to sit down. They need yeah. you. you have to, they have to have enough confidence in you that they do that. Yeah. And I somehow we're missing that right now, yeah. that, that attitude. We think we can sort of force them into it. We yeah. suspended so many kids. Always been the biggest thing, and I know we're off on a tangent here, but never mm. understood this. You don't come to school, so I'm going to suspend you from school. <laughs> yeah. If I if I was leading, if I was teaching a class, I'd say, "Tell me how that works." Yeah. <laughs> and you know the answer. What is the it, no? It, it doesn't work. It doesn't. Well, it doesn't all right. Work. The answer is it doesn't yeah, work. Yeah. But we keep doing it, and I'll think, yeah. okay, there's nothing else we could do. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. That's I love being there. I'm going to love being at Lincoln High. But the main reason is my plan is I can bike there instead of driving on a bike path. Mm. 14 minutes one way yeah. every day, and I intend to do it every day. I don't care how much snow there is. I'll put a dang snow tire with <laughs> hooks on it if I have to. Yeah. So I'm going to bike. Do you have those uh, biking mittens? I, I'm going to have to get you some. I, I don't have... You know, I had mittens, but yeah. I lose them pretty regularly. <laughs> my mom used to tie them to my coat. Uh-huh. I understand now why. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> well, I so uh, I'm excited for you. You know, I uh, my listeners know that I taught for a little while. And yeah. I did not quit because I did not enjoy it. I did not quit because I did not enjoy the kids. I it just had a different calling. Yeah, I understand. But, uh, but it, it was a it was a great experience. You know, I'm a lawyer and I'm an engineer. I mean, I could do both, and I'm good at both. Uh, but this is my calling, and that's sort of mm-hmm. taken me a long time to realize that's where I'm in my cadence. And so mm-hmm. instead of arguing about it anymore, because, man, I t- here's the other thing about educate teaching. Mm-hmm. Okay, when I, and I rarely would say it because if you get so much kickback. You're a lawyer and an engineer. Here's the, what do you think the next question is? Why are you doing this? Why are you teaching? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the implication is it's inadequate. It's not a good job. It's not... Mm-hmm. It's less than, and I keep saying because I love it. Why do you, why do you think these other things are so glorious? You think writing a will is exciting? For God's sakes, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but but the perception is just yeah. over the top. Yeah. That that why would you teach? You don't make any money. I say, well, you know, my, my Molly would say this to me. You know, money per day. You know, 180 days. It's sort of in the game. It's not the best, but yeah. but I love doing it. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, the only downside that I can see to this whole setup is uh, you got to see uh, your daughter yeah. uh, every school day. Every day. And uh, and that, uh, I mean, having you know having a son in Philly and a daughter in in uh, L.A. Uh, that that's that's got to be the hardest part of the whole deal. It is the hardest part. The and then there was a there was an application to the students there, because every day I'd walk into her room. We taught real close to each other. We both taught math. So we were in the same area. I would walk in every day and hug and give her a kiss, and she would lean into me, and mm-hmm. we'd kiss each other, and then I'd walk out like father and daughters do. Mm-hmm. Kids learned to love it because they just don't get to see enough intimacy. They beg for intimacy in mm-hmm. some way. Maybe they don't have it at home. You know, at school, we can't. nobody can touch anybody, so we're just sort yeah. of isolated. Yeah. We used to wear masks. Then they'd watch, and at first they were uncomfortable. But if I went into the room during the last three-fourths of this year, after a year and a quarter, and I didn't hug her, kids would say, well, you didn't hug her. <laughs> and it wasn't because yeah. they were thinking about me. They wanted that moment. Yeah. And that really made me think about, geez, we are really starving. Children are starving for closeness, yeah. friendship, for... Kindness. Kindness, graciousness. Yeah. And Molly and I are very gracious with each other. I mean, mm-hmm. we've always been that way. I mean, we'd, I, that's, and they wanted to see that. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, uh, the big topic we wanted to get into is something that we, we talk about on a regular basis, and it's, and it's uh, really one of the main focuses of this program, or foci. As the English, Osai. Wow. I know that's pretty fancy, huh? <laughs> uh, the uh, and that is uh, just meaningful conversation, and without uh, anger, bitterness, recrimination. Uh, another big word there. Um, so, th- how do we do that? Because I think both you and I have experienced, and and most of the listeners know that we're in a moment in our culture where we ain't doing so good. Uh, so, uh, Absolutely. I'd like to go that direction. Sound good? Sound great. Let's, Look forward to it. Let's do it. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Dan Alberts. Uh, this is uh, the Voice of Lincoln, 14993 KLIN. Keeping the topics lively and the conversation civil, this is Friendly Fire with Stu Kurtz on the Voice of Lincoln, 14993 KLIN. 
We are back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday talking today with uh, Dan Alberts. And by the way, I never say what your job is because like, I could say you know, math teacher, like, engineer, lawyer, dad, life coach. Uh, I don't know. There's there's probably a few other things I could add into the list. Right. Uh, Beth, Beth's husband. Um, father. Father. That's probably that's probably your favorite role. That's my favorite role. That is that's uh, that's 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 fundamental. The rest of the stuff's all just stuff, right? Point well taken. <laughs> yes, uh, we were we we're always talking about how uh, and and a part of the focus of this program is to bring people together who don't always agree, and and to figure out what does a civil discourse look like, a civil conversation where we actually get into the ideas. And I don't try to shut you down. I don't try to uh, to uh, to actually shut you up uh, and say, don't talk, don't speak that way, but I actually listen to your ideas. And it seems like that is fading. Um, uh, one of the things I've been, I, you know, I listen to podcasts. I'm here to mostly promote KLIN, but if you do listen to podcasts, there's one called The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling. The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling. And, and it's all about freedom of speech. Uh, when she first came out with her Harry Potter books, many people in the cons- uh, Christian uh, community thought that they were very dangerous because they dealt with witches and witchcraft and so forth. And then fast forward the last few years, uh, she's been uh, attacked by people from the left because she's she's a feminist and she has made uh, critiques, thoughtful critiques of uh, the transgender movement that she thinks are in, are in con- contradiction with feminism. And so she has been, uh, again, threatened uh, death threats. She's hired uh, security teams and uh, many people saying that not only should she uh, not speak, but that, you know, she, well, saying horrible, horrible, dangerous things about her. Um, So you've got the far left and the far right uh, in both instances attacking the same same person. Unbelievable. Um, what is your uh, what is your experience of this kind of uh, and and the common denominator of all of it just being First Amendment freedom of speech? Well, I'm going to enter it this way. First of all, I'm, because I'm a lawyer, you think about you know what's the Constitution, what's the fundamentals of our country, and diversity, bringing diverse opinions to the table is sort of a fundamental belief that we have. And you know, I think about uh, we were joking about this earlier. I was. You know, after a basketball game where we fight like cats and dogs, mm. we ask everyone to shake hands because we have this belief, I think, or at least a symbolism, mm-hmm. that we can fight like crazy, but when we're done, we're either all sports people that are fundamental together or we're all citizens of the United States. My mom used to say, we can fight like cats and dogs, but at the border of the country, we all come together. Mm. Okay, so there was these beliefs, and I think we used to live them. I don't think that I think we've lost sight of those now, mm. just like I think so. So it, but that was fundamental and that's how I was raised. But that's in my experience is that's leaving. Mm. And I'll give you two examples. Mm-hmm. OK, I probably lean left of center yep. and uh, I do lean left of center. And I've been in two situations where I I'm a, was a LIBA member for a long time and was on their many of their boards and. I would come in, and I would always be left. Liba's generally a conservative group, and I would usually be left of the g- general population there. Mm-hmm. But there, I would go ahead and speak my piece, and people would argue with me, and sometimes they would chuckle like, geez, I thought you were smart or something, but they would do it in sort of a way that wasn't terribly attacking. Mm. Okay, and so I didn't feel 
dismissed. We'd mm-hmm. shake hands afterwards. Yep. Okay. Now, I'm not holding leave out as any large group. That's my experience. Now, I've taught school in a public school for two years. I would not want to go in there, and I've watched kids go in there and lean right because you are isolated and out mm. without question. Mm. And, it, and, and I, if I could, if someone said, well, tell me what they did to make you feel that way. I cannot put my finger on any one thing, but, but when you have experienced both, been in both environments like I have, and you know, mm. and you know, one of the things that you know is that for, part of free speech is that you can't chill free speech. If you chill, you know, I might not have to say hardly anything, but mm. it, if you, there will be a culture that says, "You're you're going to be you're you're done with we're done with you," if mm. you go here. And I watch kids in school that leaned right who would come out and try to say something like, "I'm for Donald Trump," or "I think we shouldn't spend so much money," or "I think maybe children should have a chance to be born," or "I think guys are guys," or mm-hmm. I mean, these are just reasonable things to say. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're attacked, yeah. and they and I know they're chilled. Most of them will say, I, I, "No, I'm not going to say that here." And I say, "Well, why not?" Well, because I, I I won't. I'll be friendless. Yeah. Wow. Do you think they're worried, you think they're worried about uh, the teachers, the administration, the fellow students, or all the above? It's the culture. It's in. So the culture is everyone, mm-hmm. and it's so in. And I, I hear it on the radio where the people way on the right will say, "Well, it's this woke culture mm-hmm. that it's." I, I can't put my finger on any one person, but I'm in that environment. And I wouldn't say my voice was chilled. I just would simply say, well, I'm just not going to bring it into it. First of all, I won't do anything. Mm-hmm. No one will listen to me. And frankly, I probably won't get any of the food on Friday if they bring any. So I, <laughs> yeah. or, or, you know, yeah. or, you know, if they have a gathering, I won't be invited. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause you're obviously an idiot. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, it's so, it's so embedded in the community that, I don't even, and I know these are good people. Mm-hmm. I I don't even know if they know. It, it's so, and and I also know this too because, you know, it's probably been twenty years since I was in a school. So I have a picture twenty years ago, and then this picture just last week. Mm-hmm. It's completely. It's changed dramatically, mm-hmm. the culture, mm-hmm. and it's and it's the chillingness of a public school, which is a government activity, which is supposed to, you know, what the real irony is. They say every morning, we love diversity. Mm. Yeah, you love diversity as long as they say just what you say. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's, let's face it, it's, and, and we're all a bit that way, right? Well, we all are, but not, I don't, some of us might even try to admit it a little bit, yeah. but gee, man. Yeah, yeah. That's, I find that so, I almost giggled every time I'd hear it. So you really... <laughs> Here, let me give you a couple of opinions. We'll see how much diversity you accept. Yes. Well, it's, I mean, another word that's uh, uh, tolerant. You know, tolerant. We all want to be tolerant. And it's like, well, I'm very tolerant of people who are like me. And then all of a sudden, I'm, you know, if you're not like me, it's, uh, well, I, I'm not sure I want to tolerate you. I, I don't want to. Uh, now, by the way, one break in just a minute here. Yeah. But, but it seems like, again, and this is something that, you know, we're both baby boomers, okay? Yeah. So we're we have many decades of perspective, and and I know it's the maybe it's just the thing you always say. Oh, things are worse than ever. 
But this is one of those few times where I really think it is. I mean, I, th I really think it's worse than it's ever been in terms of the polarization and the negative uh, views of, of uh, from the right to the left and the left to the right to where we, we find it impossible to listen to each and other. And this is fundamental. See, we, yeah. could, we, could be, we could disagree on a lot of things like how much money should we spend? Is this $31 trillion too much to be in debt? Yeah, we could argue about this. But this is fundamental. Mm -hmm. The fact that we can't reach decisions. You know, we can't even figure out how to raise the debt limit right now. Our legislature has to push people out the door in the, in the, the, the people's, people's house because we can't be civil enough to even let the other people talk. We take advantage of everything because we're right. And, mm -hmm. and we can keep doing this. And by the way, if we're going to keep doing this, I don't think we should shake hands after basketball games anymore because I think it's an irony that we would have people do that, suggesting that we should all get along. Yes. What we should allow them to do is stomp off the floor mad and stay mad, and we should encourage them because that's what we're doing in every other place that we're symbolizing to our children. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, we're going to take another break. We're going to be right back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Dan Alberts. Uh, you're listening to The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns, 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Dan Alberts today. And uh, we're, we're talking about First Amendment, freedom of speech, and the polarization in, the, in the, our, our world today. And especially, I mean, you know, okay, there's the United States, there's Nebraska, but right, right here, even where we live, Lincoln and Omaha and so forth. And, and I want to, if it's possible, I mean, it's very tough to diagnose exactly what's going on, but are there, uh, as you begin to think about it, are there any solutions? Are there things that, because hmm. I, I, I know uh, it, it's, it just almost feels very hopeless. I th well, I think we've lost sight of uh, why why the government. One of the roles of government, if you go back to where when the Constitution was put together, one of the arguments was is that they understood that people, individual people, are going to be power driven. Okay, so what the government did, part of its role was to play balance the playing field. But we accepted that we're all sort of in, in it for ourselves, mm -hmm. and what the government. Part of its role was to be the referee in the middle and sort of mm. keep the keep the playing field even. Well, mm. we, we I, part of it is we've lost sight that that's who we are, and this is the role of the part of the role of the mm -hmm. government to sort of play, balance the playing field. School mm. was one of those options: give everyone uh, an equal opportunity or as much as you can to to speak, to be able to articulate their ideas, encourage them to do so, and then put them out and let them play the game in a free society. That was mm -hmm. sort of our fundamental belief. Yeah. Well, I think that um, we've lost sight that, first of all, that humans are that way, that we're all power-driven. If I, you know, if if you and I are going to have argue about some money, I'm going to think it's a better chance it's mine than yours. Mm. That, that's human nature. Yeah. And, and But we're, somehow we've lost sight that that I'm not angelic. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, in my tradition, we haven't lost sight because they, I mean, that's one of the things that Christianity offers to the world as an answer for that is that there is actually something inside of all of us that is self-driven, that is not bent toward God and not bent toward you, but it's bent toward me. 
And that, that's, that's something I actually have to actively fight my whole life. Uh, we call that the sin nature. And, uh, and that's why, by the way, when Jesus had to boil down the law to, okay, forget all about the Old Testament. I'm going to make it real simple for you if you want two things to remember. Love God and love your neighbor. There you go. Right. That's it. Love God and love the other people that God has put into your life. And the reason I articulated it to you is because other, if I didn't tell this to you, you'd forget and you would go back to your ways. <laughs> you just, have to fight to do this. I'd just go back to looking out for number one. Right. And by the way, if there isn't a God to love, then maybe that's the right answer is just look out for number one, but, uh, which is a whole other discussion. But uh, it was interesting. Back in the 70s, there was a whole movement where people would wear a little pin uh, called, it said, I am third. And it was just a reminder that, uh, that okay, God is to be first, you are to be second, and I'm to take the third place. It's probably why there's church every Sunday, right? So Because if you aren't told how often, <laughs> I can forget awfully quick. Yes. I, I call worship, by the way, the reset button. I, at the, at the, over the course of each week, I start to think that the world revolves around me because it'd be a lot better that way, Dan. That's right. If it just would all revolve around me. And then, and then you come to, work, to a church on Sunday, and all of a sudden you realize, wait, there's all these other people. And, oh, yeah, and there's God who, who made me and loves me and cares for me and sent his son for me. And, I'm, okay, that's right, I'm third. And I just have to be reminded of that on a regular basis. We have to be, we have to be vigilant with each other. That's why there's communities. That's yeah. why there's family. That's why there's prayers at tables. Because we're always reminding each yeah. other. Because we all need reminded. Because if we stand individually, we're yeah. going to go off on this tangent. Yeah. Well, somehow that's got lost. So the, mm-hmm. the answer to this, whether it's, you know, whether you think it's the Christian words or some other set of words, said, which I also believe was fundamental in our Constitution, mm-hmm. which obviously followed the Christian beliefs, was, look, this is how you're going to survive. See, yeah. we never get down and dirty and say, you know why we have the Ten Commandments or these things? Because this is how you're going to th- survive. Yes. <laughs> you don't think, see, I think we've had it so easy you know, I think our the greatest generation ever set us up, give us like 50 years of grace period or something, mm. and we've taken full advantage of it and forgot how we got here. Mm. Okay, and I think that we've yeah. just been idling. Yeah. And so what is the answer to, to your question, solution? My sense is that we're going to have to go into chaos before somebody will say, oh, you know what, this doesn't work when I have all the money and you don't mm-hmm. have any and because I can't build a wall large enough to keep you out of my, yes. <laughs> you, you, you know, I can't, yeah. we can't, we can't hold everyone off. Yeah. By the way, you were, I'm going to dial all the way back to use yeah. the word power and my circle. Sometimes we, you know, people might say that everything is driven and, and, and some psychoanalytical circles too would say everything's driven by sex, money, and power. But if you think about it, it really sex and money, it's really also about power, power, right? right. So at the end of the day, it's about power. Yes. Uh, what have you learned about power over the course of your life, Dean? Well, um, <laughs> I used to think I had more. Now I think I have very little, and I'm more, much more comfortable having very little because it's not it's not the end game. It's not the gold mine that you I ever mm-hmm. thought it was. I used to be a principal of a school, and I thought, well, geez, now I got power. Yeah. I couldn't find the restroom half the time. So see, it wasn't so much power. Yeah. I actually have more power sitting in a classroom in an isolated area. I try to sit in the fourth floor as far away from others as I can with kids and just go ahead and teach them. Mm. Not in the not in the limelight. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's more comfortable. I'm more effective. Mm-hmm. So all the things that were the trappings of power, first of all, they aren't near as satisfying, and yes. they're fleeting. The moment you don't have it, now you're... 
Yeah. Now you're destitute. Now you're depressed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's crazy. Yes. So it's, even as you were saying that, I you know I I think that's a part of maturing is you begin to realize how actually how little power you actually have. <laughs> uh, you know, and there. And right. It's like, Lord Jesus, help me control the things I can control, which I could put into a thimble, yeah. you know, when it comes to the big scope of life. Yeah, especially if you know you face death someday. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if we're all ignoring that this is going to, you know, <laughs> I mean, ultimately, yeah. you're at some you're at mercy. You're at someone's yeah. mercy. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and 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 Tuesday with Maury said it so well, said, look, when you realize this is all true and you can't do anything about it, <laughs> yeah. then just go play it out and be decent. By the way, years ago, you re you recommended that book to me and I read it and then I did a uh, I did a sermon series. Uh, uh, well, it was partly based on that and partly based on another book, but just uh, about uh, last words. And in particular, Jesus' last words. And uh, but there was another book, Tuesdays with Maury, and then there was another one that was about a guy who was a professor who was dying, and he had his last lectures. And uh, both of those books, I think you recommended. And uh, they, uh, they oh yeah, the, the the professor at at, yes. at the university. Yes. Yeah, his last year. What was I don't remember the name, but oh god, it's good. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, see, that's the thing about when the time is short, right? You got to get to the point. You got to right. let people really know what you're thinking. Yeah. And 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 okay. Well, we kind of always need to live that way, right? Always not just goofing off and and fooling around, but but saying, okay, in this moment today, at this time, what's most important? What am I really? What's really important to me? Yeah. You know, if kids are, if we're all in the building and we think that uh, there's a a, a shooter in the building. I mean, we study this in schools because we're all trying to figure out how to protect each other. Mm -hmm. What you know? What most people do? They pray. Mm. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting you should say that because you see, when you realize that whatever influence you have, you could put into a thimble. If you're a Christian, that's what drives you to pray. It's like, okay, God, I finally realize now how little influence I have, but I know that you're the God of the universe. I'm asking you to do something. <laughs> yeah. And, and if, by the way, if you don't do it, it's probably not going to happen. Right? We all know it at some level. Yes. Because I don't think you have to be much of a Christian. I think people pray. Yeah. I mean, no, I think we all have it no somewhere in our genetics as luck. <laughs> yeah. There's I don't no have anything to say here. Yeah. Yes, so I, yes. I, I, I agree 100%. And that... And I look at in schools. Um, I, I know. Do you ever do you ever read um, um, oh, our Atticus and yeah, Scout? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Kill a Mockingbird. Kill a Mockingbird. So the teacher yeah. Atticus Scout goes into her first grade classroom, and she's already able to read because Atticus, her father taught her. And the teacher says, "Sound out that word." And Scout says, "Why should I sound it out? I can already just say the words." <laughs> and she says, "Well, where'd you learn how to do that? My father taught me." And, well, do you tell him to quit teaching you because I need or to quit working with you. I need to teach you to read <laughs> and see. Yeah. So what is she holding on to this? Her thimble of power, what she thinks is her power. And yeah. you, you're dicking with my power. Yeah. Well, I think that's what's going on. That that's symbolic of what I think's going on yeah. in schools or in public places. You know, if you don't agree with me, I'm going to attack you because I, I, mm. Right and I right now I think that that line is leaned left. Mm. I because I don't see and I lean left, but I don't see the people as frequently on the right attacking with with vengeance mm. as I do 
on the left. Now, I, they, they're both strident in their beliefs. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, the left, they're just more, I'm more right than you are. And, mm. and, and if you don't see it like I do, I really don't have anything to do. I wouldn't shake hands with you mm. ever again unless I could wash my hands right away. Mm. I mean, there is... Yeah. That's how I feel. It. That's how I feel when I'm in school. Mm. And and what does that do? You just walk. Up, you just don't say anything. Yeah. And yeah. that's chilling of speech. Absolutely. Think of all the voices that aren't getting spoke. I have a kid there that I worked knew for two years. He's a junior. Probably one of the sharpest kids I went or know. But he's a he's leans he not leans right. He's right. You know, mm-hmm. he's a Donald Trump fan. But he's but he is. Not but he and he's a Donald Trump fan. He's smart, he's very gracious and kind, and he is totally isolated. Mm. He'll tell me, you, you know, you're the only person that'll walk up and talk to me. Mm. And I do it in part because I've seen how isolated he is. And I wow. think, damn you people, what are you doing? Mm. And I don't think anyone. If I said, you know, no one talks to Nate, no one will say, I, I don't, I don't even. It's so embedded in the community. I don't think they even know. So well, what? Do you, why? He brought it on himself, right? Right. Or right, I don't even know if they know that's happening. Mm. But if they did know, that's the question. I think oftentimes right. the response would be, well, you know. No, he brought it on himself. He brought it on himself. That's he right. He deserves it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that diversity yeah. of opinion, acceptable and, yeah. uh, and encouraged here. That's yeah. why that's a giggling comment, <laughs> I think. So anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I wish we would. I think it's fundamental to our country. I think it's probably the biggest thing that's going to tear us apart i think that you know there used to be these songs or there are still songs but where they where they was laughing about well we don't have our enemies don't have to Mm. attack us yeah we'll we'll just clobber ourselves from the inside they'll just have to sort of encourage it and maybe they are maybe they're joining in on this fight you know and just adding to the mix you know yeah yeah and because it could i think it has a real chance of destroying the fundamental beliefs of what made America, America. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I Let's take a, one last break, and when we come back here, we'll do a shameless plug, and we'll okay. put a ribbon on this. Okay. Uh, it's uh, good to be with Dan Alberts this morning and with you. Uh, it's a Friendly Fire Saturday here on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Rolling right along on a Saturday morning and uh, talking with Dan Alberts this morning. And uh, Dan, it's the time of the program where we always do a shameless plug. And uh, while you're still working on your shameless plug, I know what mine is. Uh, This past week, one of my mentors, I've read uh, nearly all of his books. And uh, a pastor in, in my circles named Tim Keller died of pancreatic cancer. I believe he was about 72. I fought it for about three years. And uh, his last book, he, a lot of really great books. One, his bestseller that got him really uh, noticed was called The Re- Reason for God. And it's kind of an, it's an apologetics book about why should we believe the Christian faith. And his very last book that was published has a very simple one-word title, Forgive. And what it is and how do we do it. And uh, it's one of those books that uh, I can tell why he knew he was dying. And it's like th- when, when a guy knows he's, he's not long on this earth and that, this is the book he wants to write, that's the book I want to read. And it's kind of like this other one where the, uh, you know, the, the last lectures yep. and so forth. Um, and it's outstanding. It's a, um, it's, a, it's a thoughtful book, so it's not like it's a simple read. But uh, but it's a very practical thing about how in Christianity, 
justice and mercy come together to provide the seedbed for forgiveness. So that's mine. What's yours, Dan? You know, mine is uh, a gift to Lincoln on the, this last week. Mm. Two things. Mm. Give to Lincoln. And Nebraska's going to be playing baseball this weekend. I, oh, I, yeah. I, I think one of the great things, three things, Nebraska, first of all, and then Lincoln. Mm. We got this $500,000 additional money, to, and we got 400-some nonprofits that are all out there to, thinking they're probably trying to do really good things. Mm. That's the richness of this community. That's, And then we had give to Lincoln, where tons of money is given. So amongst all this stuff that we've been talking about, God, what kindness. Mm. We're searching for ways to be kind. Mm-hmm. We desire kindness yeah. individually. That's one. Nebraska. Baseball. Yes. Go Big Red. What if What if this is the lead into the football season? <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's just hope they don't fade. But, uh, it's, but it's, uh, what a great yeah. – you and I were at the game mm-hmm. Wednesday, first game. Yeah, what yeah. a great game. That was yeah. such – we were all having our our questions there when we're down six. We, well, I was I was ready to walk away because I knew <laughs> I knew we were going to come up short. So I brought life back and hope. And the third one, ninety one thousand people from Nebraska mm. paid oh. twenty five bucks to go to a volleyball game. Oh, isn't, isn't that that's crazy? Isn't that crazy? And one more, yeah. Colorado opens up the tickets. They get <laughs> they can't even keep the thing open for the Nebraska Colorado game. Three hundred and seventy five dollars to go oh. to Colorado to watch a a yeah. football game, but yeah. they're all Nebraskans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I, what a! I love it when we can rent out the place in another stadium, <laughs> and uh, I, but that was okay. That was, I mean, I know it's a big game, whatever, you charge extra, but it's like, that was, like, nosebleed seats were like almost 400 bucks. I, that is so crazy. We're nuts. Yeah. But it's a great nuts. If you're going to yeah. be nuts, do things like this. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. uh, you know, just go, go have a great time. Go, yeah. go stand out in the middle of the parking lot, which I never quite understand and eat your hot dog. <laughs> It's just because we can. We can, I guess. And we all do it, and people love it. And uh, God, there's something about this state and that sort of excitement that Mm -hmm. that it's it's not replaceable somewhere else. Yeah. So those are those are exciting things that happened this week. By the way, I also think it's sort of the core of what makes us us, and we we're going to lose that if we don't do these things that we things fundamental that we've talked about all this hour. Mm-hmm. We need mm-hmm. to be able to shake hands, have a great time with each other, mm-hmm. and then argue all you want. I, yeah. I don't – but shake hands and have a great time yeah. with each other. We're Americans. We're yeah. Nebraskans. We're Lincolnites. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting. When I, I, I actually try to seek out people of different opinions. Me too. Than, and, and especially for this program. And, uh, and, and again, I know some people if, – if I've heard a criticism about the program – and one of those criticisms would be some version of, well, you know, you should have set them straight. And it's like, well, I mean, I don't mind arguing a little bit and uh, or making a point or, uh, you know, getting some explanation or anything. But but at the end of the day, I'm actually more interested in finding out, well, where are the areas which we might agree and how can we build that common core and, and what might that look like? I mean, when it comes to theology, I have a very specific theology. <laughs> so yeah. So if I only associated with people who totally agreed with my theology, I, it'd be a pretty small group. Uh, but now if I broaden that out and say, Hey, everybody who loves Jesus, well, then that's a bigger group. Okay. Hey, anybody who just lives in this community, uh, you know, Jesus indicated that my neighbor is anybody who needs my help. 
well, that could be a pretty good group of people in this community. And so there are different ways to think about that. And my Absolutely. theological distinctions aren't, aren't the only way to think my about it. My parents used to, my mom used to say, God made all of us and he didn't make any mistakes. Mm. Get over yourself and understand that. Did he make some little mistakes? <laughs> Just little? Not, not according to my mom. <laughs> okay. He put a baby inside of a person. That baby was exactly who he wanted that baby mm. to be. And that wasn't for me to question. By the way, okay, one, one minute left. And speaking of who that baby was meant to be, there was a baby born in Hampton. And I, and I saw on Facebook that you went back to the, homes, the, the birthplace I, Dan likes to vacation in the Hamptons, and so <laughs> three hundred and thirty people at this Hamptons. <laughs> three hundred thirty. Uh, what's that like going back home? Oh my God! Well, this was great because my my Di- Diane Jensen, my music teacher, who taught music lessons for sixty years, her at the at the Methodist Church. They had a coffee for where everyone was there. Uh-huh. I took back music pieces that were sitting on my piano, where she said. Merry Christmas, Danny, 1967. It'd be <laughs> Danny Boy or something where I'd play. That'd be the song I was supposed to play. And it was still sitting on my panel. And I took it back and said, you know this writing? It's yours. It's a legacy. <laughs> yeah. I played yeah. it. My daughters played it. Their, their children will play it. And that's yeah. that same solo piece that Diane wrote on it in 1967. So oh. uh, it was... That's isn't, Hampton. Isn't that that's, awesome? That's small town stuff. Everybody ought to vacation in the Hamptons. They should, they should come to Hampton. That's right. Dan, great being with you today. Oh, it was wonderful being with you. I love being in your shoes. I hope you take a, a wealthy, happy break. Thank You're you, on man. sabbatical, too. What are you doing? Uh, not time to talk about that now. <laughs> We're going to leave you saying as we always do to think about it. Talk about it. We'll, we'll see, see you next week. week.